The following is paid commercial programming. The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Entercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi and every river, lake, and field in between, let's talk everything outdoors. Aboard! <laughs> You're on the crazy train! Welcome to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the second hour of the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors with your hosts, Dan Bush and me, Tom Neubauer, Nick Bodie on the boards, 799-1250 is the phone number. If you got any questions or comments for our guests today, just call at 414-799-1250. We come to you live every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 a.m., and right now... We have in the studio from Sadaka Safaris in, guess where, Africa. <laughs> we have Ewert as here, and, and you brought your son with you, Ewert? Yes, my son Edouan uh, is here with me on this trip, uh, helping me with the marketing. Yeah. Good I, morning. I, yeah, good morning. Is it Ewert or Ewert? Actually, it's Ewert. Ewert. It is you a, guys a say Ewert. Okay. V. Okay, e, e, okay, Ewert. That's but just we easier. We Americans can't pronounce anything Ewert. worth a darn. Yeah, yeah, no, no, but that's less enough. That's less. Yeah, enough. right. And uh, and we've got Captain Mike from the Pegasus, who's gone on a number of these safaris. He's here with us, and Dan Johnson. And Dan, I'm sorry, I forget the name of your taxi. I always just call it Dan Johnson Taxidermy. That, that's what it is. Oh, it is. Yeah. Well, then I was right. I thought maybe there was a different name, but good guess, Tom. Yeah, we yeah. got a. And you get a lot. You get some of those animals from Africa over by your place, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Taking care of those taxidermy jobs over there. So anyway, folks, if you got any questions, uh, 799-1250 is the phone number. So you got a new adventure, Evert. You have your normal Sadaka Safaris, right? Yes. Which is uh, the hunting side. Yes, right? the hunting side, Sadaka Safaris. And then you have IC Africa. Now, those are the photo safaris. Yes, yeah. I, I see Africa is just a separate company that takes care of all the photographic yeah. and sightseeing safaris and tours. Okay. Yeah, you can you can move that microphone if you want. It it moves all over, so you can if it's easier for you. <laughs> I'm looking at some yeah. fabulous. This is awesome. I like looking at these fabulous yeah. looking stuff. Would you say that uh, are the sightseeing? Uh, well, now I'm thinking everybody has a decent camera now, and it's probably. Uh, something where more and more people are interested. Do you see, you know, more people coming out to do just the regular camera safaris? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, the the photographic safaris is a big thing. Um, in general, you know, the whole world love to come to Africa just to to come and see the wildlife. You know, so um, if you're on a hunting safari, uh, it's a it's an excellent way to come and end off your hunting trip, especially for the guys that bring their wives or families with them. You know, uh, the hunters always have a great, exciting um, outing every day, going after the animals, hunting. And then uh, at the end of the trip, it's very nice for the guys to take their wives down to Cape Town, to the wine countries or 
Kruger National Park or Victoria Falls just to end off the trip and, and to keep the, the wife and the rest of the family happy and also let them have a, a great experience. I saw a special on the wines of South Africa, and that's really an up-and-coming thing that's got some very good wine country there, excellent wines coming out of South Africa now. Yes, yeah. 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 Now, it's uh, South Africa wines is some of the best in the world. Yeah. I know a lot of people um, compare it with, uh, I think, what, the Napa Valley in, mm-hmm. uh, in California. Right. Yeah, yeah, I just noticed, I was looking in your brochure. That if anybody wants a brochure, you know, you can just call us at 799-1250. We'll get your name and address, and uh, Evert will send you out a brochure. But anyway, um, I just noticed something that was interesting. I, I did kind of kind of the same thing, not quite, but you have uh, all your three sons begin with the letter E, their names. <laughs> Edwan, Ivan, Estian. Yeah, that's correct. And, <laughs> they uh, all begin with an E. <laughs> and, of course, your name begins with an E. <laughs> e. Yeah, yeah. So it's four E's, actually, in the family. And my wife's K for right. Karen, Karen. Right. And uh, it, it even confuses us sometimes. Sometimes when I want to call uh, the baby, I start on top with Edwan, then Evan, then Estian. Yeah, you, know, you go so. all the way well, down the line. Well, that's my dad used to just yep. finally go, whatever your name is, yeah. get over here. Bring me the screwdriver yeah. when he'd get aggravated. Yeah. Um, I had four brothers, and, yeah, that's what my parents would do. They did go all through all of them. But I did kind of the same thing but a little bit different. All of my sons have my first name as their middle name. Okay. So... You had to put your name in their name. Yeah, yep, yep. My middle name. Because I didn't didn't want a junior. I didn't want a junior, so. You had to put your own name in your own kid's name. In in the middle, yeah. So if Uh, they want to use it, they can. If they don't, they don't have to. I don't know, buddy. Yeah. Uh, Well, it's just one of those things, I guess. Filling your whole house with those bass trophies. Kind of George Foreman like. Well, no, yeah, George Foreman, like every kid is named George. George, the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever. <laughs> George could do it because he was George. Yeah. So uh, I was wondering, you're talking about family now. When you, when a guy thinks about going on that African safari, you don't think about bringing the wife. But So if you're going to bring your wife, you can't just throw her in a hut somewhere. So what kind of accommodations do you typically have for people over there? Yeah, interesting. <laughs> What's that? I didn't hear that. They put, they put her to work. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, that'll last. Oh, yeah, right. Now the accommodations are really uh, very, very upmarket, um, and uh, it's uh, nice, comfortable beds and and chalets and living areas with an ensuite bathroom, um, and then great lodging, the main lodge, and uh, some great food, excellent food, and and beverages, wines, and everything. And then there's a lot of day activities also for the women and children or non-hunters to do. They can go on elephant back safaris or go to a cheetah breeding ranch or go shopping or go to a craft and curio market or just go out with the guys on safari every day. You know, it's like Mike's Mike's um, wife and, and daughter that's been there three times. They just, they, they highlight this to just go out on the truck and watch animals while we're out hunting. You mm-hmm. know? Cheetah breeding ranch. So... Do they sit and watch cheetahs breed? Is that what they do? Is this, is this the way you teach your youngins, the birds and the bees? See that one? That's the boy cheetah. And there's the girl. Actually, actually it's very interesting. They have a Don't thing. try this at home. <laughs> they have a thing called the lover's lane. Oh, no. At the cheetah place where they, where they have the cheetahs actually have a run, a lover's run or something. It's very interesting. Yeah. It, it's pretty fast, though. Yeah. 
It's fast. <laughs> they breed as fast as they run. Oh, no, geez. no, no. Apparently uh, not. You said you said talked about the food. What's some of the better eating animals that? Because a lot of times the hunters, you, you, you'll actually make those. You know, cut the steaks out or whatever. What's some of the better eating animals? Yeah, absolutely. We barbecue every night, almost every night, um, around the fire under the stars, and we use um, some of the best cuts out of the meat that the guys hunt out of the animals that they hunt, um, the inside tenderloins. And, uh, you know, all the game, the general plains game is good, but the ones that stand out is eland mm-hmm. and kudu and wildebeest and zebra, uh, some of the better ones, you know. Um, but they're all zebra, good. Zebra is good, huh? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it looks zebra. like a – I mean, it, it, people, when you look – and when I look at a zebra, it looks like a horse with stripes. Yeah, you that, know? that's but where the people make the mistake, yeah, you know. Zebra right. is, is wilder than the wildest Mustang. Yeah. And a very difficult hunt uh, to track a zebra on foot. It's they, They're extremely spooky and mm-hmm. difficult, and then, uh, but the meat is really good. It is, yeah. huh? Mm. I've, ter- I've heard zebra are pretty tough animals to put down, too. You want to make sure you hit them good. Yes. Now, they... Well, all of the African animals are tough. It's all about short placement, you know. But uh, zebra, zebra is a tough one. What's uh, what's your uh, what do most hunters use as far as rifles? The caliber of ammunition. What's what's the most favorite that you see? You know, in plains game, the average uh, rifle is seven millimeter or three hundred wind mag. Okay. Um, with a good constructed bullet like Barnes X, um, the bullet and obviously the shot placement is is very important. And then on the big game, uh, 375, 458, 416, uh, I always tell the guys, bring the rifle that you're most comfortable with, that mm-hmm. you've been shooting for many years, that's extension of your arm. Mm-hmm. Because shot placement is, is really, it's, it's, it's critical. How, how long of shots are they usually? That depends on the yeah. area. You know, Africa is, is a large continent. It's three times the size of the USA. So um, we hunt up to Tanzania, which is about one-third of Africa. So there's many different areas. There's open plains, there's thick bush, there's mountains, there's savannah. There's, there's so many different areas. But so in the bush felt or bushy areas, the shots could be between 50 and 100 yards or so. And then in the mountainous or open plains areas, it could be three, 400 yards. What, uh, as far as tactics, okay, now like we got... Most people listening right now are Wisconsin whitetail hunters, and they'll either hunt by uh, driving with a group of guys driving, which is kind of a dying art, I think, uh, stand hunting either on the ground in a blind or up in a tree stand. Some people hunt over bait. Some just get on a, a stand. And then, then there's probably the uh, rarest of the rare of the old timers that maybe try and get on a track and, and still hunt, but... What are the, the, the different tactics that you use to harvest the plains game? Uh, we basically also use vehicles, mostly 4x4 land cruisers or, or um, 4x4 vehicles. And then we do a lot of driving. A lot of mountainous areas require uh, those kind of vehicles. Um, we drive until we see game or fresh tracks or fresh dung. And then mostly we get off and track it down. Um, sometimes we also just do a lot of walking, walking into specific areas which we think might be, might be having some game um, in that area. And then uh, sometimes you, you can sit at a waterhole or in a certain area waiting for game. So there's, there's also, and then obviously bow hunters, they sit in the blinds mostly, but some of them do also walk and stalk. Um, 
so it just depends again on the area, uh, the specific area, and then the the um, the animals in the area, the specific animal that you hunt for. You know, so like like for let's say a little red diker that lives in thick bush, you'll go and walk with a with a shotgun in real thick bush very slowly, and uh, you know other game you you have to drive far distances to get to the specific area, and then you get out and do some some glazing over the area, and uh, but yeah, there's a lot of walking and stalking involved. When you walk and stalk, I suppose you have to be selective and strategic because it's got to depend on the wind as well. So determining whether you're going to try and follow a, a animal with the winds blowing right at your back and they're going to wind you way ahead of time. I, at least I know with whitetails and bear here, you know, wind is paramount. I, our African game is keen to that, is, is like a Wisconsin whitetail. Yes, absolutely. The wind's the most important. Um, if the wind's wrong, then you can go back to the truck. <laughs> just, just forget it and try yeah. another day. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. We got a break coming up here, and uh, we're speaking with Evert Vorster of uh, Sadaka Safaris, and uh, and Captain Mike Pivich is here also, and uh, he's gone on a number of these safaris, and Dan Johnson from Dan Johnson Taxidermy right out there in Oconomowoc. So if you have any questions or comments, 799-1250 is the phone number. You can catch us always on 1250 AM and 1057 FM, The Fan. We'll be right back with more. Stay tuned. The NFL football the picking tundra. contest. We've got Tex Lambeau in the big ring field. as our contestant. And the football picking contest is brought to you by the Curly's Waterfront Pub battle. on beautiful Pewaukee Lake. It's a place to eat, meet, laugh, drink, do whatever. It's a great place. They'll have all the TVs on this weekend for all the NFL books, picks. I mean, for all the NFL games. Anyway, Tex, you there? Yeah, is this Tom and uh, one of them shady characters from Douglas County? Yeah, that shady character from Douglas County. That's right. Good morning, Text. (laughs) Good morning, guys. It Uh, looked like the guys are out here on the lake fishing already this morning. The parking lot's full. Well, I'm sure they are. They they got enough ice there on Winnebago. How's fishing been, before we get to our picks, how's fishing been up there? Quick report. Well, it's been kind of spotty on Winnebago, so I've actually been over on uh, Little Butamore, but uh, we just had a drone report from Poygan, and it looks good to be out there with an ATV for the most part. For and, the most uh, part. Still no, still, well, they, the guy shot up two drones in the airs, which is really great for fishing reports now in lake yeah. conditions. Yeah. And uh, But there's still, uh, uh, there's still like one open... But uh, yeah, you better stick to ATV. So what? What? Right. Some dude's got a drone that he sends up. What do you say? Hey, Larry, yeah. send up the drone. Yeah, if you go on that one popular fishing website, the uh, a guy. If you look under, uh, actually, he's got it under Boom Bay Fishing Report. Oh yeah, I've been him. Up, yeah. All right. Up, instead of Poigan, he sent it up under uh, Boom Bay, and uh, uh, and he sent up two drones on two different sides of the lake. It's pretty nice. It's it really helps you a lot. Yeah, I can imagine. All right, let's get to the football anyway, picking contest. Like, so let me just tell you real quick that perch fishing has been pretty good on Little Butamore, but uh, as far as the, the other lake, kind of spotty. All right. So go ahead. All, All right. right, take it away, Nick. All right, gentlemen, divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Big-time matchups going on today. First up, a couple of teams, Colts and the Chiefs 
are in Kansas City. Kansas City, the number one overall seed. They are favored by five and a half points in this one. What do you like, Tex? I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take Indy with the points, but I think KC's gonna win. All right, uh, Danny, Indy. I'll take Indy with the points. I'm going with Indianapolis all the way. I guess yep. I'll take the Chiefs. All right. What's next? <laughs> Lone Wolf pick. Up next, we move out to L.A. The Rams taking on the Cowboys. That's the primetime matchup. The Rams are favored by seven at home. And Tex, what do you like? Oh, that's a big number. I'm going to go ahead and stick with the Rams, even though half the fans are going to be Cowboy fans out there. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. Danny? I, I, I think the Cowboys are going to upset them. I'm going with the Rams. Yeah, give me the Rams. Yeah, Cowboys ain't that great. All right, up next, we just on. don't like the Cowboys. Who does? Well, they got a good defense. Who does? <laughs> Detroit do have a good defense. Speaking of teams that are successful, but everybody hates them, the New England Patriots hosting the L.A. Chargers, no longer the San Diego Chargers. On Sunday, New England is favored by four points in that game. I'm going to take the Chargers. Uh, Phillip Rivers is 0-7 against Brady, but even though the weather's against them and all that nonsense, I'm, I'm picking the uh, – I'm going to take the points. Danny? Uh, I'm going to take the Chargers. Yeah, I, it, it's Phillip Rivers' time. Uh, the, yep. the New England isn't what they used to be. I'm not, a, But they are playing in Fark, Foxborough. Is Lamar Gordon okay they now? Are, uh, wait, got, Lamar? Melvin Gordon? <laughs> Melvin, Melvin Gordon. Gordon. <laughs> Melvin Gordon should be playing. Yeah, yeah Lam- definitely. Lamar Gordon is ruled out indefinitely, Definitely the Chargers. <laughs> you guys are all crazy. There's three certainties in life. Death, taxes, and the Patriots making no, the no, AFC Championship. Oh, yeah. No, wait a oh, minute. Oh, yeah. No, no, there's... <laughs> No, no. The You're three, waiting to use that one. The three certainties. Hey, even Brett Favre got no, fired, okay? There comes a time where you lose it. Now, wait a minute. The three certainties <laughs> in life, I think, are a little different. Death, taxes, and me catching fish. There we go. Death, so- taxes, <laughs> death, taxes, like that, eh, <laughs> and Tom bitching about the North Lake lunch. <laughs> That's right. All right, <laughs> well, and you're t- get taken. And finally, for you're taking New England. I'm huh? taking New England. Oh yeah, never go pick, ahead. Lose never, your money. Never pick against the Pats. Moving on from <laughs> fishing to foul, we have the Philadelphia Eagles in New Orleans. They take on the Saints in the Superdome. New Orleans favored by eight points against Nick Foles and the Eagles. Who you like? Tex. New Orleans all the way. Yeah. Danny. Oh, Nick Foles and the Eagles, man. Hey, I'll tell you what. You're going to go that route? There's going to be some teams that are yeah. going to have some really nervous, harrowing moments. And they, guess what? They could win that game. They could. They could. I agree. I'm going to go, <laughs> but I'm going to go with uh, Drew Brees, the f- soon to be Hall of Famer. Yep. I'm going to go with Absolutely. Drew Brees. Absolutely. Tom says they're going to win. It's going to be a Breeze. <laughs> and what do you think there, Nick? Oh, I'll take the Saints. I love that yeah. roster. But you know what? Eight if, points is a lot, man. Hey, if it's a Nick, lot. if Nick, if the Eagles win, the Nick Foles saga, his story continues. They'll be writing books about it and everything, you know. So we'll see what happens. And those there. knobs. Hey, oh, do you know what? Do you know what Nick Foles is supposed to get paid next year? Because this year he only made a million dollars only. Next year, if they keep him on the team, twenty million dollars, and they and they better keep him on that team. They better they're, keep they're them. not. I guarantee you they're not. They're not, Tom. They're going to have to. Me and Tex, no. Okay. They don't have to do right. nothing, Tom. They're <laughs> going right. to let them hey, go. Uh, that that is. He needs a quarterback too bad, yeah. and so do a few other yeah. teams. All right. Well, thanks, Tex. <laughs> Take we care, appreciate Tex. it. Talking to you guys. Talk to you later. All right. The NFL football picking contest was brought to you by Curly's Waterfront Pub on Pewaukee Lake. All right. Just Google Curly's Waterfront Pub. Get all yeah, their just information Google. there.
Just Google it. Tom knows how to Google. <coughs> no, John was the Googler. Tom's got his high-speed internet. Why in the heck did you even need a high-speed internet? I don't know. He doesn't need high-speed nothing. <laughs> I'm not high-speed. <laughs> okay, we're going to keep talking with Evert Vorster from Sadaka Safaris, but his son, Edwin. Is it Edwan or Edwin? Edwan. 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 Now, how old are you, Edwan? I, I just um I just finished school a couple of months ago. I'm 18 years old. Okay. And do you go out on a lot of the hunts? Are you one of the like guides? Um I'm I'm not a guide yet, but I I'm working towards it. Um as soon as I'm old enough to to get my guiding license, I'll do it. But I yes, I like helping my dad hunt. Yeah, I can imagine. Do you do you gut them and skin them the animals too? Yeah, sometimes we we help with that, but me and my brother yeah. are a bit allergic, so Oh, okay. Today's um we don't always help, but when we can, yeah. we'd like to. I, well, trust me, I'm allergic to uh, gut and deer, too. I don't, I don't like doing it. That's <laughs> what I always say. I'm allergic to that. Uh, you go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you bring up a good um, topic, though. As far as once you do harvest the game, okay, what is the procedure then? Because it's hot there, I imagine, and warm. What's the procedure as far as getting the meat, you know, from, from, your, from the field there to your freezer here in Wisconsin? What's the process? Um. Well, usually the the people coming to hunt go for the trophies. So so we usually keep the meat. You can't um, get the meat into the states. Right. Um, we have professional trackers and skinners helping with any, any everything. So as soon as you harvested an animal, um, we like to get the photos taken as quickly as possible, and then every all the trackers and the the people help to load the animal, get them back to the lodge, and then we skin and prepare the trophies. To, to get salted, and then the meat goes into the freezer. Okay. Well, th- this is your springtime over in South Africa, right? Um, right now it's summertime, yeah. Or summertime, yeah, because winter here, summer there. Yeah, exactly. It's just turned around, topsy-turvy. Yeah. So basically, if you're going to eat meat, you want to have as many of those barbecues like your dad was talking about as you can while you're there. Yeah, yeah, we barbecue a lot, and um, if we we definitely also barbecue the meat that the, client, the clients harv- harvested. Um, it's it's one of my favorite. The gay meat is yeah. definitely my favorite meat. Oh, I can imagine. That's great. Hey, what about crossbows? Now, we have a lot of controversy here in Wisconsin between, you know, regular bow hunters and crossbows, you know. So do, do many people bring crossbows to Africa? You know, not not many. It's it's quite rare. Most yeah. people do just regular bow hunting, but you, you can't do it. A crossbow is just as good as a bow. Sometimes even shoot, shoots farther and harder, but um, it's not common. Okay. All right. Tom, I, I thought you'd find this interesting that What's that? I was talking to Turn the microphone I was talking so to uh Edwan when he came in the other night at the shop and and he tells me he likes fishing a little more than hunting. Yeah, uh, me too. Do, do you <laughs> me No, too. but I mean I found that really <laughs> odd too. for a, a fellow that lives in Africa and he's talking about bass fishing in South Africa. Oh yeah, now. they got a lot of it mm-hmm. uh uh over in uh, Zimbabwe. Uh, I forget what the name of that river is there. They got what do you know about of... Zimbabwe, Tom? I fished with guys from Zimbabwe. You fished in Zimbabwe? No, I fished with guys from Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe bass fishermen? Uh, yes, de- definitely. Now, where do you fish for the bass by you? Well, we've got some pretty good um river systems yeah. in South Africa that I I like bass fishing in the rivers. Um there, towards Zimbabwe, the big thing is tiger fish, the big yeah. famous tiger fish right. fishing they do. But it's just like in the U.S., um, mostly where there's good water, there's bass and catfish and tilapia and all kinds of fish. We we definitely have 
good fishing in South Africa as well. Large, yeah. large moth. That, yeah, what, what, uh, many many years ago they transported them, stocked them. You know, the, I think it was the Florida strain largemouth. I'm not sure, but they stocked them over in Africa and in a lot of different rivers over there. Because you'll find, oh, oh the, <laughs> hey, there's a pheasant in the studio. What the hell's going on here? <laughs> what the hell's going on out here? We got a crow too. Yeah. Holy moly. <laughs> uh, that was good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, we gotta we gotta go to a break. I wish we could continue this, but we're gonna talk more with you guys. All right, so don't go away. We'll maybe talk a little uh, African bass fishing. Hey, there 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 could be a, a new job opening for you. What, Edwan? Bass guide. Take take people bass fishing. Guide a yeah. uh, bass guide. Yeah, that's a great idea. I yeah. I might turn from the hunting to fishing guiding. Yeah, there you go. Why not? Okay, folks, we're going to be right back. We're talking with the guys from South Africa and, of course, uh, other guests. We'll tell you all about who's all here again when we come back here on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Look out the left, the captain said. The light's down there, that's where we'll land. So I'm burning, start Welcome burning. back, folks. We're uh, talking with Ebert Vorster of Savadaka. Sadaka Safaris is Ed Iwan is here also. And uh and of course we got Mike Captain Mike Pivich. He's here. Um that he's gone on a number of those safaris and and uh, Dan Johnson taxidermy out in Moconomowoc. He uh mounts all of those. He taxidermy die taxidermies those. It wouldn't be right for me to say he mounts them. That just wouldn't sound right. He taxidermies them. Anyway, now Mike, you've gone there three different times, right? Is that I've right or been four? There thirteen times. Or th- thirteen yeah. times. Yeah. I missed the one in front of the three. Holy moly! That's all right. What's some of your more more exciting experiences there? But you know, I think I can remember probably every every single animal that I've that I've hunted. I, I yeah. think one of my toughest hunts was a baboon hunt with my bull. Really? They are unbelievably wary. They see. They hear their, it, it's amazing. And they'll kill you if they get a chance. Well, they can be oh, mean, especially oh, yeah. a wounded one. Yeah. But honestly, I, I think my most memorable times there are are the times when my kids hunted, watching yeah. watching my kids shoot oh, something. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's always pretty neat. Yep. That's neat. So, and, and every experience has been good. Every single every one. Every one. Yeah. That's why I keep going back. All yeah. your kids, shout out. Do all your kids have the middle name Mike? Any <laughs> you know, I missed out on that one. I was kind of curious. Wasn't quick enough. Yeah. Oh, well, well. Now, if anybody, you know, well, first of all, I should say that uh, I want to bring this up. If if you would like a catalog, there's two ways to go about it if you're interested. And, and it, this is a pretty neat catalog. Now, one way is you can call Dan Johnson out at Dan Johnson Taxidermy in Oconomowoc. You could call Mike Pivich. And uh, I'll give you his number real quick, 262-781-1704. Dan Johnson's number is 262-560-0445. Or a real easy way to go about it, too, is just uh, just go to Sadaka Safaris. Hey, Dan, what's If you just, yeah, just Google that. Dan, what's the going rate on a full leopard mount? Like 50, 60 bucks, I'm guessing? Something like that, buddy? Yeah, it's close. You can get a paw done. <laughs> Maybe a nail. Gotcha. Hey, uh, talking about uh, Africa, 
How about you do mostly the, the, the you do planes game? Do you hunt any of the uh, dangerous game, Big Five? Um, what's the scoop there? Yeah, we do everything: um, planes game, dangerous game, um, a typical planes game trip. Most most guys obviously want to try and get the grey ghost of Africa, the kudu. Yep, kudu, that's the yeah. most popular, and you know, games buck, the oryx, the games buck, and then wildebeest, impala, blaze buck, warthog, waterbuck. Uh, things like that, Nyala, Bushbuck, uh, and then Big Five, dangerous game-wise, most people um, always really want to try and get a Cape Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the most popular and also the, the least expensive of the Big Five. And then uh, depending on the area, we also do leopard and lion and elephant and rhino, you know, everything. Um, what about hippos? And hippo, obviously, a hippo, yeah. hippo and crocodile. Yeah, I, I heard uh, hippos are those probably the most dangerous animal. I mean, I hear that they kill more people than any other animal in Africa. Yeah, you know, the hippos are really dangerous. Um, the reason why they they say they kill more people is because in in uh, in the whole of Africa, you know, I, I mentioned previously, Africa is so big. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of rural areas, big rivers, and lots of hippo and. And those areas, the people that live there, they live between among the animals and they will go and get water for themselves and for their households. And then hippos are grazing. They get out of the water during nighttime, so they go and graze at night. And when those people go early morning or or, or late afternoon to go and get water for the household, they get between the hippo and the water. And that's when the hippo get really... um, aggressive and then that's that's how they normally kill so many people but wow. when you go and hunt them they're also very dangerous you know they they they're quick and easy to charge and they're very fast they're not clumsy at all correct yeah. correct me if i'm wrong but for the uh dangerous game uh minimum caliber 375 h and h is that correct yes that's correct they go on on a specific um energy and foot pounds as well but 375 is is basically the smallest caliber you can use legally right legally yeah. right right that's what i thought and i see uh man uh, mike is this a picture of you in here with a leopard or uh let's see i see some no, pictures I, I in here i have not shot a leopard i've shot a lion oh you shot that's that's you and the lion then and that's is that your daughter there with that you? That was one of my daughters. She came along and, and videoed it. And what page are you on? I'm on. Uh, <laughs> there's no numbers, Tom. Just page oh. till you look for the lions. Uh, I'll find. I'll find it. Oh, here we go. Okay. So was that a uh, was that a lioness that you that, got that there? Is correct. That's a lioness. Okay. How how is it as far as Evert? As far as getting tags, I'm guessing speculating that you're probably, as an outfitter, you're allowed only so many tags for such each species per area then, basically. So it's it's not like you can just, everybody just go buy a lion license and go hunt. Yeah, no, that's correct. You know, it's very well controlled and regulated. Um, depending on the animals, the species, and the areas, you know, there's limited amount of tags. Um, unfortunately... Um, it's a good thing in a way, and in a in a different way, it's not so good. Like in in specifically, the case for South Africa, where leopard hunting is very, very much over controlled right now, that with no tags available, while the leopards and the populations are just growing like crazy, and um, it's not good for the species because the the landowners and farmers have so much um, damage from the leopards. So they take they take control in their own hands now, and all that 
that um, conservation efforts from the hunters to uh, have specific um, specimens and animals removed via trophy hunting out of the system, that's all down the drain now. It's all, it's not nothing like that goes on now on the leopard hunting, and that's all because of all the radical um, uh, and, and anti anti hunters yeah. and anti, just like we have here in the States, it's the same thing. Yeah, it's it's so sad, you know, because the animals are the ones suffering at the end. Um, but yeah, it's to come back to your first question about it. Uh, it's very well controlled with with tags and uh, licenses, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I guess if a guy wanted to say, "Hey, I want to shoot a leopard someday," you kind of got to get on a waiting list then somehow and hope to draw a tag in a couple of years, or how's that work? Yeah, specifically for South Africa, we all pray and hope they're going to open it up again. But um, they still. Um, amazing opportunities to hunt leopard right now uh, that we go and hunt them in Namibia and Zimbabwe and Tanzania, etc., and Mozambique. So you go in different provinces then, basically? Is well, that what you're saying? That's different countries um, next to South Africa. Okay. Yeah, okay. but they may be able to hunt it there, but they can't bring it into the States. Well, so. those those countries, can they you know it could still be imported, but... Um, yeah, it's complicated. There's so many different rules and regulations from different countries, including the states, you know, with different species, except um, specifically now on lion and elephant, the states are really strict. Um, so, but yeah, it's, we handle every, it's, it's a case by case, you know, every, every species by species, how we handle that um, on, on elephant and lion, etc. But all the other species are, are still open and fine for import. You know, I'm going to interject because that's the nice thing about finding someone like Evert. They know all those rules and regulations, and and that's all taken care of for you. That's, you know, that's all handled by him. It's something that that if if we were going to go on a hunt here in another state, we would have to worry about the regulations, applying for the license, and so forth. Doing it with Evert, he takes care of all of that. I imagine once you get off the plane, and get to your place, you, I mean, do you pick people up Tom, from wherever the plane? I, I'm going to tell you, I met Evert the first time that I went there. I met him here the year before I went, uh-huh. and then I went with my two daughters and my wife. My girls were 10 and 12 at the time. I just flew halfway around the world. I'm not a traveler, so I'd never been out of the country before. I'm halfway around the world with my family. I don't know anything about anybody. We get off the plane, follow the crowd, go through um, immigration, and Evert is standing there waiting for us. And I'm going really? to tell you, it was a warm, fuzzy feeling seeing, <laughs> seeing a familiar face. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine. And then everything is taken care of. You're in his hands from that yeah. point until he brings you back to the airport. Yep. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, it's uh, it's a very personal industry. You know, you meet the people in, in a lot of cases. You meet them beforehand, like on this two-month marketing trip that we're on right now, me and Edwin and Mike and all the other friends and clients helping us. Um but we, we meet a lot of the people in person before they ever come on a safari. And then, uh, uh, yeah, like Mike said, we pick them up at the airport, and from there onwards until we take them back to the airport, they're in our hands. Wow. You know, That's I, fantastic. I'm not sure this the time or not, but we're, we're, uh, we're going to do a little thing at Wern Valley um, Sportsman's Club on Monday evening, and we'd like to invite anybody that's interested in talking with Evert more about this and or Dan Johnson about getting your trophies back here. They're going to both be there. We're going to have a little get-together, some snacks and drinks, and anyone interested in coming to Africa is welcome to, to come and attend. Now, when is that at Wern Valley? This coming Monday evening between 6 in the after, six in the evening and 10 o'clock at night. Okay. And is there an, uh, 
Well, people, uh, they can always Google Wilt Valley to find out directions yeah, and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And, all right, listen, we got to go to a quick break. We're going to be right back talking with Ebert, Ebert Vost, Vorster, right? Yes, Foster, Vorster, that's fine. What? What? Not what? In, in South Africa, we pronounce it Foster, like your Foster with Foster, F, but, okay. But um, it, it looks like it's Vorster. Okay, but Foster. So we got okay, our that's final 15-minute segment coming up. By the end of that, Tom, I for sure will have his name down. <laughs> you, I don't know about for sure, Danny. You know me. Got that Alzheimer's working. Anyway, we'll be right back with more. Concussions. Yeah, on 1057 FM, The Fan. It's the final countdown. The final countdown. Welcome back to Skipper Buds. Cutting edge outdoors, Skipper Buds. That's the place you want to go to get a boat. Go pick up one now. They got the beautiful Alumacraft boats. Get ready for this spring and get out and get some big walleyes. But uh, right now we're talking Africa and African hunting. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners are sitting at home in their recliner, drinking their coffee in their underwear, thinking, geez, I don't think I could ever go to Africa. That would cost too much. So, Avert, what uh, can you give us a rough idea as far as I mean? What's a guy looking at? Yeah, you know that's typically most people think it's it's super expensive because that's what you know all the Af- African books that are out there that's out there all the the books that the guys are reading and about the old days of Africa all the big game safaris and you go down there you you ride on a on a ship down to Africa for two months and then you hunt for two months and then it takes two months to get back on a ship. That's that days are over, you know. It's not um, like that King Kong movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you know what? Africa is is some of the best value for money uh, out there these days. Um, you know, planes game, uh, a typical planes game safari could be as much as a as a hunt out for elk out west, you know, in the states, and that's what people don't understand. Um, yeah, it's a flight. It's a flight there. You know, some of the better flights is do a, a direct flight with, with Delta from Atlanta straight to Johannesburg and then get picked up or transferred from there. But, um, you know, if you, like Mike that's been there 13 times, um, he he knows how to get a good deal on the flight. Um, so you can always contact him as well about that. Uh, he's kind of an expert on that right now, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I think 13 so. 13 times he, it, it he got my, it down. It was my lack of funds that made me an expert. I have to become a better <laughs> shopper. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, but yeah, a planes game safari could be four, five, six thousand dollars $6,000, same as an elk hunt, and you can hunt uh, four, five, six animals for that and, and in, a, in a different on a different and, continent. And experience a whole different culture. Uh, you know, on the other side of the world, everything it's it's a completely different completely different experience yeah you know the the people are different the culture the food the everything's different and and exotic and and uh sometimes romantic you know especially if you have your wife also there you know so it's just it's some people come and and have weddings there some people come on honeymoons you know it's it's uh wow yeah it's but in any case and then yeah it could get expensive when you start hunting the big five um uh, like I mentioned earlier on the least expensive of the big five dangerous games, the Cape Buffalo, the good Cape Buffalo safari is around $12,000 or so, but, um, it's, it's still all the cost and pricing came down from, you know, during the last 10, 20 years. Mm-hmm. 
so it's it's in reach of of most American hunters. Uh, you know, a plains game safari for four or five or six thousand dollars. You can't compare it. Well, you know, it's interesting because you mentioned Cape Buff- Buffalo twelve thousand. Um, my bucket list trip is to do a brown bear hunt or interior grizzly bear hunt when I retire in a couple of years. So I was planning on going out, talking to some outfitters and try and make that a reality. But you know, the 12,000, that's these, these hunts, those hunts are, I'm looking 20 to $30,000. It's like unbelievable the cost. So, you know, to, you would think that the Cape Buffalo, we're not, that, that's on this continent. <laughs> you would think that, uh, you'd be far more expensive to go to Africa, but it's actually not. Absolutely. No. And that's what then people, most people, you know, that we speak to, they, they really have a misconception about the cost. Hmm. I was going to tell your son, Edwan, um, when, when you're fishing bass in those rivers down there, are there hippos in those rivers? Sometimes. Because, uh, like I said, I fished a tournament where there were two guys from uh, um, Zimbabwe. And the guys, and I asked him about crocodiles. He said, no, nah, that's not a problem. He says, it's the hippos. He says, if the hippos are in an area where you want to fish, he says, you let them have it, and you just go down river away. <laughs> he says, let them have it. So it was, it was quite interesting. So anyway. Yeah. I, I just, one of my friends that um, is actually helping us with our uh, internet down at, at the main lodge, he's also an avid fisherman, and he told me uh, they just came back from a fishing trip where the hippos chased him. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Well, how about, you know, I grew up reading uh, books about, you know, grizzly attacks and African game. I think Peter Hathaway Capstick was the writer, and I'd read his books. Can you tell us a harrowing story about a charging hippo or something? Any lie, whatever, yeah, whatever. Anything, elephant, you know, where you, almost where you were like like yeah. the mush between an elephant's toes. Make something up yeah, good if you can. You know, there's, there's quite a few. Over the years, I wish I, I videoed more of the stuff and uh, also maybe maybe I'll write the book sometime, but there's, there's quite a few over the years that, that was uh, air-raising and close. Um, but, yeah. Uh, you got one of them? <laughs> you can tell us elephant. now. One, one time we were hunting elephant, and uh, the elephant was wounded, so we went on the, on, on the tracks. And, uh, you know, the... The, the trackers in that area that, that knew the, the situation and that, that kind of bush um, real well, they told us, they told me and the other PH that, that uh, something's really wrong big time. So it, the whole bush became quiet and then suddenly, out of nowhere, what basically happened was the elephant circled back on his tracks and was waiting for us. Oh. Yeah, so uh, he was probably waiting about, 30 yards or so off the off the trail off the the blood trail wow so to, to the side you know and, okay and then he just came charging full speed and it was thick 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 bush you know and uh you couldn't see you just heard you know his ears flapping onto his body it sounded like drums coming and then the next moment he started showing you know appearing out of the bush and and luckily we we made some good shots but he fell Six, seven yards uh, ahead of us. Oh, wow. Now, so, when you say good shot, I mean, is that, shot. is that, uh, where, where is the good shot? In the head? <laughs> in, in the, the elephant, chest? Tom. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, on, oh. at that moment, there's only one shot, uh, which is a brain shot. Frontal brain okay. shot. Right yeah. between the eyes and yeah. maybe yeah. slightly right. higher or something Absolutely, like that. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. No. So, yeah, that's, and, and those things happen, you know, especially, and that's why they called the big five, which means the most five dangerous animals to hunt. Um, and it's it's because uh, that's when they're wounded. 
When they wound it, they become really dangerous. Yeah. Well, listen, folks, we've been talking to Ewert uh, Foster. I got that right. Good, Ewert good. Foster and his son, Edwan, and uh, Mike, Captain Mike Pivich, Dan Johnson. And uh, we want to thank you guys for coming in. You come in every year now. I think this is going to be like a tradition. You know, you yeah, come in absolutely. every year when you're making the rounds through the states. And we do appreciate you coming in. It's always great to see you guys. And don't forget, folks, if you want to get a catalog, if you're interested in an African safari, just Google Sadaka Safaris. Sadaka Safaris. You know, guys, I had a wounded fox squirrel in a tree one time, and, and the son of a gun circled and, and charged down the tree at me, and <laughs> I, yeah. I, I was scared. <laughs> Made a few good shots. So, so. Well, that's all I got. That's Thanks, all guys. I Thank got. you very much. Thank you. To all the listeners, thanks for listening, and God bless and stay free, everyone. You've been listening to Skipper Buds, Cutting Edge Outdoors. Go out, do something good for someone today, my friends. We'll talk to you next week.